Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Murder and Misery, our true crime podcast. We are your hosts. My name is Heather, and I know absolutely nothing about true crime. And my name is Jillian, and I consider myself somewhat of a true crime expert. Yes, Jill is our resident true crime expert. And we created this podcast so that Jill could teach me about all things true crime, both locally and nationally, and to take you guys along for the journey, so that if you too know nothing about true crime, you can learn something. Or maybe hear another perspective about stories you already know. Okay, so this week is a little different. There is no trigger warnings. Thank God. I know, uh... The last couple episodes were, like, really, really rough. Um, and, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, no crime is, like... Good crime, yeah. Yeah, but it, even, like, if there's not, like, physical harm, there's still, like, psychological damage that goes, along, uh, goes along with it. But I know you asked for a bank robbery where no one got killed last week. That is what I said. That's not <laughs> what this is, but it's, like... It's close enough, in my opinion. Okay. So, um, let's just jump right in. So, we're going to start back on Tuesday, January 27th of 1874. Okay. <laughs> we're Take really it back. throwing it back. <laughs> yeah. So, um, this is when five confirmed, possibly eight, but most likely five, men wearing U.S. Army overcoats rode into a blacksmith shop in northeastern Arkansas to have their horses shod, which... If you don't know, because I didn't, it's like putting horseshoes on horses. I did not know what that term meant either. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't either. But it's they got horseshoes put on them. Um, okay. And according to um, all the people that saw them, they were very obviously traveling as they had extra clothes and gear and bedrolls on their horses. Each man wore several Colt Navy revolvers and three of the men had a double barrel shotgun. It was clear to the locals that they had been riding for quite some time because of the condition of their horses. Um, and I guess back then, if you see, like, men riding in on horses with, like, a bunch of guns and stuff, like, they didn't, like, think twice about it. Now, I feel like somebody would call, like, either, like, the police or, like, the psych ward or something. Well, I feel like that was normal. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I don't know for sure, but I would think Based on your description so far, it sounds like it's not that abnormal, especially because they were in, like, army gear. Yeah. You know? Right. And you think of people in the military having ways to protect you. True. If they need to. Very true. So, um, no one really thought anything of it. Um, and once the horses got finished, all of the men paid the blacksmith and went on their merry way. Once they left the blacksmith, they rode into Missouri and went north alongside the St. Louis and Iron Mountain Railroad tracks. They were making their way back to their home in St. Clair and Clay counties, but they decided, as they were running low on money, to make one more stop along the way. This is when we get to Saturday, January 31st of 1874, in Gads Hill, Missouri, which is a small community in northwest Wayne County, Missouri. It's like next to Piedmont, Missouri, um, which is about three hours south of us. We're in... Lincoln County, Missouri, for the people that don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I feel like... <laughs> Which is outside of St. Louis, because if you're not from Missouri, you have no idea. Honestly, if you're from Missouri, you still have no idea where Lincoln County is. True. So it's outside of the St. Louis area. Right. We're an hour northwest of St. Louis. That's what my dad made me memorize. Me too. I mean, honestly, that's what I say too. Yeah. 
like I'm an hour <laughs> northwest, like exactly northwest too. Yeah, because like, well, we used to go on vacation all the time and people would always ask where we're from. And if you say, oh, we're from Troy, Missouri, people are like, mm, oh, Missouri, got it. I say I'm from outside of St. Louis. And then if they ask more questions, I assume that they know a little bit more. And then I'm like, oh, I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but I'm from Troy. It's like north of Winsville, which, and it's about an hour northwest of St. Louis. And then it's like they have a little map in their head and we can move on because they're not going to know where Troy is. Yeah. More I'm, than likely. Right. And I don't actually live in Troy. I live on the outskirts of Troy in the town over. And so it was so funny because I was talking to somebody last year and they were like, oh, like, yeah, I live in Troy. And I was like, oh, I live in Troy. And they're like, well, I don't actually live in Troy. Like, I live in Winfield. And I was like, oh, I live in Winfield. I just tell people I live in Troy because no one knows what Winfield is. That's perfect. Right. I love that you found somebody who did the exact same thing as you. I know. Yeah. So, um, back back on track. Get it? Because a railroad track. Or were we on a railroad track? Yeah. The uh, St. Louis and Iron Mountain Railroad tracks is where they were driving. Or not driving. Riding their horses. Okay. Sorry. I've, I heard you but i didn't click in my head that it was railroad track you're fine um so at the time gads hill only had um less than five residential houses and one building that acted as a store post office and a train platform as i'd mentioned gad hill gad as i had mentioned gads hill was tiny so really no one got on or off at this train platform and usually the conductor would just slow the train down enough to exchange mailbags Mm. um But this day would be different as the southbound train, Little Rock Express, had a passenger to drop off that day. This passenger was the Missouri State Representative L.M. Ferris. He lived in the county over in Reynolds County. And I'm assuming he was coming home after doing some government stuff, but that's just my speculation. Uh, Ferris's son, Billy, who was just 16 at the time, arrived with his horse and wagon to pick up his dad. In the meantime, while they were waiting for the train, Billy was inside the store warming himself up. Managing the store and the station that day was Tom Fitz, who had several friends in the store who had just dropped by to talk, because I'm assuming in a town less than 20 people, everyone... What else are you going to do? Exactly. You might as well. And I don't think there's any strangers in that town, because I know 20 people. Yeah. You so might it's as well like, just chat. Right. So they were, um, it was said that they were in there just dropped by to chat or whatever. Um, The time was approaching 3 p.m. and everything seemed normal. The women of the town were attending to the houses and the kids were playing outside. This was when the group that I'd mentioned earlier of the five to possibly eight men rode up with their guns drawn and masks covering their faces. One of the boys... rude. I know. One of the boys playing outside named... Amy Dean saw them and started crying and running towards his house. He said one of the writers said to him, quote, don't be afraid, little boy, we won't hurt you, end quote. And then the men went in the store and robbed them of a rifle and seven or eight hundred dollars. Um, this is money. That's a that, lot of money back then. Oh, yeah. Um, this is money that the storekeeper kept in his coat pocket, though allegedly the shopkeeper had another almost $500 that had like slid into the lining of his coat so they didn't get everything, which is good. Um, But at this point, the men got everyone out of the store and everyone out of the houses and the um, robbers helped the community build a bonfire because it was cold. 
While they were all building the fire, one of the men went to the railroad switches to try and pry it to have the train, like, forced onto the side tracks so they could rob it. Keep in mind, there was no alarms or anything like that back then, so they weren't able to, like, alert the train what was happening, um, so no one on the train had a clue what they were about to get into. Also, fun fact, at this point, there had never been a train robbery in the history of Missouri. Oh, okay. First train robbery. Right? Making history. Didn't this get... is pretty much like a bank robbery. Yeah. Yeah. If you... I'm enjoying this story. It's a mobile bank robbery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, after they got the railroad switched, the people in the community just all waited outside by the bonfire. Why did they have to wait outside? I don't understand. I don't know. It's like, not... just send them inside their homes and tell them to just stay inside. You know what I mean? And I know that I they, get it. they didn't have, like, telephones. I feel like... Watching is bad because then if everybody's watching them, one of them might be able to, like, identify them later. You know what I mean? I yeah. I think you want the least amount of people looking at you. I think maybe part of the reason, well, I don't think that these people had, like, technology in their houses to be able to, like, Morse code out that there was a train robbery. Um, it might have also been because they didn't want, like, they wanted them all where they could see them so nobody, like, escaped and ran to the town over or something. That makes sense. Also, but I'm not probably sure. probably these people might have had weapons inside their house. So oh, maybe yeah. they could fight back. Yeah, that makes sense because all the men sounded like they were at the train station talking to the one guy. Yeah. And the women were... Yeah. That makes... Now, that we, ma- now we know. Now we're we rewriting know. history. We're figuring <laughs> it out. <laughs> this is all just our thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> this is our speculation. We have strayed from the facts and we've gotten into opinions. Yes. Back but to the facts. I think it makes sense. No, it makes sense to me too. Yeah, so they were waiting around the bonfire and the train was running about 40 minutes behind schedule. So around 4.45 p.m., the small four-cart train carrying 25 passengers breached Gads Hill. The train conductor, Chancy Alfred, walked between carts as the train started to slow down to prepare for the stop. This is when he saw one of the masked men standing on the train station platform waving a red flag, which in train code means danger ahead. Fun fact, in dating, it also means danger ahead. True. I feel like this one we could joke about just because it's like <laughs> we can't laugh about the other ones because that's nothing to laugh about. This one's kind of funny. <laughs> that was a good joke, I thought. Thank you. Thank you. Chancy then jumped off the moving train to run up to the man to try and figure out what was happening. He didn't yet realize that the train had switched to the side tracks, and then three other masked men crawled out from underneath the platform. And another man came from the other side of the tracks. One of the men grabbed Chansey by his collar and yelled, quote, Stand still or I'll blow the top of your dang head off. Okay. Of course, he didn't say dang, but I don't want my mom to yell at me. So, dang head off. Okay. Um, but as this was happening, Billy Ferris, the kid there to pick up his dad, had finally saw his dad in one of the cars And though he was at the bonfire with the armed guards and the rest of the community, he ran to his father shouting that the train was being robbed and to step off on the side where the villagers were. His father listened and thankfully he was not robbed. Once the train came to a complete stop, two of the men got the fireman and the engineer off the train. And at this point, several passengers who still have not a clue what's happening, um, And also, along with them, some of the train workers who also had no idea what was going on, got on the platform between the cars as others popped their head out of the window to try and see what was happening. 
This was when one of the masked man with a shotgun shouted to all of them, quote, take those heads back or you'll lose them, end quote. Another man who had two revolvers ran the other side of the train and told everyone if they tried to interfere with the robbery, the conductor and the engineer would be shot, which means I assume that they would be stranded because now I don't know much about this time period, but I don't think everybody knew how to drive a train. I mean, I don't know how to drive a train. I don't either. I don't know how trains work. I was not a train kid. I know a lot of kids who were train kids. Wasn't one of them. Well, I don't know. I would assume also that they would be stranded. Yeah. Um. Which I also just assume that these kind, innocent bystanders wouldn't want anybody to be killed either. Right, so, true, yeah. Um, the other robbers got on the train and went through the safe they had on board and also went through the mail because it was a mail cart also, as well as a small passenger train. After this, two of the armed men got off the train while one stayed on and asked one of the workers named Bill Wilson for his receipt book. And I'm not saying that this is funny. But I think it's kind of funny. Um, And I honestly, maybe I just think it's funny because like when I think of the 1800s, I don't think of people like having fun because it just sounded like a horrible time. Um, But he took the guy's receipt book to update his records and turned to a blank page and wrote, (laughs) quote, robbed at Gad's Hill to like update his checkbook records. I don't know. I thought it was funny. That is kind of weird. I know. Like, and then... uh, We robbed you. (laughs) Right. Like, oh, all the money that you had on the previous page, it's gone. We just, we took it, you know? And at this point, they then uh, made Bill get on the platform where the rest of the crew was. And at this point, a couple of the robbers went to the passenger cart and told the passengers that they were only there to rob the SOBs who wore plug hats, which were like fancy, rich, silk people hats. So they initially were only planning on robbing the rich people, but then they said that they were going to rob the, and I'm paraphrasing again, um, gosh dang Yankees, no matter what hats they were wearing, which is like a yikes. But um, however, the working men, as they called it, and the women would not be robbed. Though I will say that one lady named Miss Scott was robbed of her $400, um, she thought you can't carry that much money. Right. She you can't well, carry that much money today. She was traveling with her son from Pittsburgh to Hot Springs. And so she, whenever they were robbing people, she obviously pulled out her 400. She had $410. No, I'm sorry. She had $400 and 10 cents. And so whenever they were like robbing people, even though they were like, oh, we're not like robbing women. She like still was like, I have $400 and, and a dime. And that's all I have. And they're like, mm, I'm going to take that, but you can keep the dime. They let her oh, keep thank you so the much. 10 cents. Right. That is very helpful. Yeah. Which is like rude. I bet. I mean. I mean, to be this honest. This whole thing is kind of rude. She should not have done that. I don't understand why she did that, but. Yeah. We will never be able to ask her. Right. Um, But at this point, the train robbers started forcing male passengers to show them their hands. But like, not in a hey, like, I have a gun, put your hands up type of thing. They wanted to see their if hands. they were worn. Yep. Have calluses. Yep. Because, um. They weren't going to rob them if they had calluses. Exactly. You better start rubbing your hands together, boys. Right. Which I feel like some people are just blessed with soft hands. Like. Mm, I, even I have calluses. Well, I have calluses too, but I have calluses on my feet. And I sit at a desk, a desk all day. My boyfriend, um, he works 
at security and he's literally on his feet 24 7 and that man has baby soft feet me too but so the same thing for darian and i he wears boots during the day and he stands a lot and he has like super soft feet but i i'm wondering if it's because i wear sandals a lot and he wears socks so i'm wondering if like the socks help like keep in his skin barrier i don't know my sandals don't i wear sandals with socks i don't know i really don't know the answer but I think some I men are like just I'd... blessed with better skin. Maybe. It's not fair. I don't know. Men are like, they have like but such like clear. More, I feel like more men have soft feet than women. Yeah, I would say that's true. And I'm wondering if it's because they don't wear like sandals as much. Which like maybe is not the reason, but. I mean, it could be. Yeah, because I don't. In my case, I wear sandals 24-7. Except for when it's cold outside. So, like, if there's any chance of sunshine or if there's any chance of being above 60 degrees, I'm wearing sandals. That makes sense because I get yelled at by my dad because it will be, like, snowing and I'm wearing slides. See? Because he tells me... I don't know. He tells me if... Well, it's because I wear them there. But he's like, if you're going to get in a car and it's, and it's cold outside, your feet are going to freeze off when your car breaks down. And I'm like, okay, I guess the you have a point. things that dads think about. Yeah. I have no idea where we are in this story. Men's, oh, men's hands. Right. For calluses. Yeah. Which, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I feel like that's not, like, the best judge of character, which I don't think you should rob anybody. <laughs> But, I also feel like at the time, you, like, took people for their words, so I don't understand why they're tricking people's hands, but it is what it is. Well, I will say that there was one man that had soft hands, and they were going to rob him, but then he was like, guys, I'm a minister. And so they're like, oh, okay, you're good. We're not oh, going to rob you. Well, they have some reason, it seems. Yeah, and, and, like, I'm sure Jesus was like, okay, like know make better decisions but like an a for effort with this one thank you for not robbing him but after they chose not to rob the pastor guy he uh the pastor asked if he could pray for the robbers for a moment in which the leader of the robbers responded that he didn't have time for that but he did ask the pastor to pray for them that night and pray that they all got to the good country don't know what the good country is but missouri clearly well they were already there (laughs) Well, the good part of Missouri, I guess. I don't know. I don't know where that is, but (laughs) whatever part they were going to. Right. And um, and now, of course, I feel like being in any robbery situation is absolutely terrifying. But it was noted that um, the passengers realized that the robbers were, like, lighthearted and, like, joking around and and mainly, like, not shooting people. It was said that the Mainly? Did they shoot some people? No, I'm just saying, like, I think it was because, like, mainly because they weren't shooting people. Okay. You know, people could be joking around and still, like, you know. Um, But they said that this did ease them because, obviously, they were, like, really scared at first. But when when they noticed all of this and, like, their demeanor is when they, like, started to calm down and knew that they were most likely going to be okay. Which if somebody, like, pointed a gun at me and was like, oh, I'm not going to hurt you. Uh, I probably wouldn't believe him, mainly because I don't really think that people who rob people are the most trustworthy people, but that's just my opinion, and I'm I'm glad that it helped. Um, they said that as the robbers were walking around trying to figure out who to rob, um, they were making jokes, and they were patting kids on the head, and even 
bowed to the women on the train. One of the robbers... Unpolite. Right. One of the robbers took a fancy hat from one of the rich guys and gave the rich guy his old torn up, like, robber cowboy hat. Um, and this was when a passenger who is said to be Irish, which, don't quote me because I'm not sure if they were like, he's Irish because he had, like, an accent or something or if it was because he was drunk, but... Um, he offered the robbers his flask and said, quote, won't you have a drink, boys, end quote, to which the head robber laughed and politely declined. However, part of the robbery was a little bit more serious. I mean, all robberies are serious, but um, these robbers were paranoid that a famous Chicago detective was on the train. Um, hmm. This detective was Mr. Alan Pinkerton. I'm not sure why they thought he was on the train, but for some reason they had suspicion that he was and um, suspected a couple of the male passengers as being Alan. So they had taken one or two of the um, males to a different room and strip searched him. And I'm not sure if they strip searched him. They said they were looking for a secret mark, which I'm not 100% sure if they did that because they were checking to see if they had guns on them or if... They um, only did that because they thought it was funny, like, to humiliate the rich people. I'm not 100% sure, like, why they strip-searched him. Because I would think, if you know so much about a guy, to know that he has, like, a secret mark somewhere that you would know what he looked like, you know? Yeah. So that didn't really um, make sense. But, thankfully, um... I mean, it's also possible that they just knew that he had, like, brown hair and green eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, which it doesn't make sense why they made them, like, strip search them, you know? Well, maybe to, like, see if he had any secret detective pocket book something or other. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds good to me. I don't I do, know. I do know that this Allen guy um, had been pursuing the crime gang for, like, two and a half years. So, this crime gang? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know they were a crime gang. Yeah. Well, so they weren't real army people. I don't know if they were in the army, but I don't think so. I knew at this particular time they weren't in the army. Had they ever been in the army? Probably should have Googled that. But I, it seems like they were kind of paranoid. But at the same time, it feels like they wanted to, like, catch this guy before he got them yeah. kind of situation. Yeah. But thankfully, um, everyone was proven that they weren't Allen. So no harm was done physically to anyone. Um, but in the Pullman cart, which I guess was for rich people or, like, possibly where they had, like, put all the rich people. I don't know anything about trains. But in the Pullman cart, one of the guys was John F. Lincoln, who was allegedly the wealthiest passenger that was on the train. He was robbed of about $200. And apparently, the robbers didn't like his name. Because when they asked what his name was and he said Lincoln, one of them said, quote, any gosh dang SOB with that name ought to be shot. End Jeez, quote. These people. Which, like, you I know. I know at the time people were mad, but come on. Over a name. I want to know who hurt him with the name Lincoln. Because he. Um, President Lincoln. That's why they were talking about Yankees. Oh. Yeah. President I'm Lincoln so freed dumb. the slaves. And Yankees are people who wanted the slaves to be free. Listen, I knew the Yankees were bad, but, like, I'm so stupid. I did not put that together. Yeah. No, it's. <laughs> President Lincoln ruined their lives. Apparently, they were pro-slavery. So, private school education did not do me well in this situation. It's okay. 
So glad we have Heather here to back it up. <laughs> I'm just telling you, that's that. It seems like that would be the connection. No, right? that's definitely yeah. They were like, "I'm gonna rob all the Yankees," and then they said, "Lincoln is bad." So okay, that makes sense. Well, after this, his hat allegedly accidentally fell on the ground, or it got kicked off. I don't really know, but the robber kicked it across the cart. Um, another rich person that was robbed was James H. Morley. He was the chief engineer of the Cario and Fulton Railroad, which was a subsidiary, that's a big word, nailed that, of the St. Louis and Iron Mountain Railroad, which was the railroad they were currently on. But when James stood up and tried to stop the robbers, one of them put a revolver under his nose and told him to, quote, sit down and shut your head up and mind your business, end quote. And then uh, the robber took James's $15. James was with his wife, but she wasn't robbed, which $15 isn't a lot. So maybe the wife had all the money. I don't know. But $15 was a lot of money then. I have some of the breakdowns of money, like inflation. Like equivalents. Mm -hmm. Yeah, at the end. um, I didn't do it for everything, though, but for like the lump sums. Uh, After this. The, and the robbers had gotten their money and the items. Uh, they were exiting the train when one of them gave John Lincoln a piece of paper. And it had a pretty detailed account of the holdup along with the headline for the newspaper written on it. They had written their own, they had written their own newspaper entry. Um, here's what the paper said. Quote, and keep in mind, the robbers themselves wrote this. <laughs> it said, quote, the most daring robbery on record. The southbound train on the Iron Mountain Railroad was boarded. What a strong claim. Yeah. Well, I will say it was the first. So. I mean, it was the first train robbery in Missouri, but I don't know. Strong. Strong claim. Yeah. Oh, it was boarded here this evening by five heavily armed men and robbed of blank dollars. The robbers arrived at the station a few minutes before the arrival of the train and arrested the agent and put him under a guard, then threw the train on the switch. The robbers were all large men, none of them under six feet tall. They were all masked and started in a southerly direction after they robbed the express. They were all mounted on fine-blooded horses. There is a hell of an excitement in this part of the country, end quote. Though it's not said to be completely accurate, it was given to the conductor and then published in the newspaper. Though the total amount that they walked away with was never certainly established, it uh, was said that they made off with around $2,500 in cash, four registered money packages, which one they knew for sure contained $2,000, a gold watch, five guns, one ring, and a diamond stick pen. So they think they got anywhere from $2,000 to $22,000 which in today's economy would be $50,439.30 through $554,832.28. Jeez. Which is a big gap, but either way, they... That's a lot of money, though. Exactly. Once the robbers got off the train, one turned back and said a couple of lines from William Shakespeare. Okay. They didn't say, like, what specific lines he quoted, but a lot of people themed seemed to think that it was from some play about King Edward or something because it had something to do with Gads Hill, England, and they were in Gads Hill, Missouri. But anyway, the robbers then went and shook hands with the engineer and thanked him for his kind hospitality. 
while the conductor and other crew men went to close the switch so they could get back on the railroad. All while doing this, the robbers got away on their horses. Speaking of horses, this obviously didn't come from the train, but they did steal three horses from the community. Rude. I know. I was... You know, you know, I was me- I was upset about the money, but the horses has crossed a lot. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if they like left their horses there, and because t- it's like it, it it seemed from what I read that in the eighteen hundreds horses were like Teslas, where they just use the battery, but they don't have time to wait for it to charge, so then they just get a different battery, but the battery is actually a horse. Oh, because I know that there's like they're working on like like. Yeah, you gotta feed them, you gotta drink water, they gotta rest. Exactly. So it's kind of like, it seems like they just, like, exchanged the horses and, like, for new ones. I don't know. But they did, they did take three. Once the conductor of the train got it going again, they made a stop at Piedmont, which was about seven miles away. And this is where he reported the robbery to the Iron Mountain headquarters in St. Louis. He did this by means of telegraph. I said Morse code earlier. I meant telegraph. And news of the first ever train robbery in Missouri spread like wildfire across the nation. The Sunday after, 25 armed horsemen went out to try and find the robbers, and others joined them in their pursuit along the way. But unfortunately, a snowstorm had happened during the night, so they couldn't really follow the trail because it was covered in snow. But they do know that the robbers went six miles northwest and then took Westerville Road north to the Three Forks, and on the Middle Fork, they recovered one of the horses that had been stolen at Gads Hill. The robbers kept going, stopping at farmhouses for rest and food, which, according to most of the people who helped them um, and, like, put them up for the night, they said that they were all treated with kindness and paid abundantly, which I'm sure they would. They just <laughs> made away with yeah, a bunch of money. Yeah, they just a bunch of money. Right. As the week went on, a lot of the posse that was trying to catch the men gave up, and by Thursday, there were only 11 left on the hunt, and eventually the 11 gave up and went home. So, that brings us to ask the question, who were these robbers? Though they were never specifically caught for this crime in particular and tried for it, it is pretty much fact at this point that this was carried out by the James Younger gang. Okay. Made up of Jesse James. No way. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's not ringing a bell. I was like, we're throwing out names. It was made up of Jesse James, Frank James, Cole Younger, John Younger, and Bob Younger. And the possible involving other people were either Clell or Sel Miller, Arthur McCoy, and Jim Reed. Hmm. Uh, Jesse James' wife later did admit that Jesse did partake in the robbery, and he actually used the proceeds not the proceeds that's like charity the proceeds of the robbery he used the money from the robbery to pay for their wedding and their honeymoon interesting right the iron mountain railroad is still in operation today though now it is called the union pacific railroad oh i know that from monopoly no from real life oh i've i don't know if an amtrak i've only been on amtrak i don't think that's a real is it a train i don't know i don't know i don't really know anything about trains but I've heard of that. It's still a thing, even though the railroads were changed to um, accommodate faster speeds and stuff like that. So it's not like the exact same one. But um, Gads Hill 
went through some changes. It had like a little bit of a boom with like the sawmill industry and then it kind of went downhill. But today it consists of one home and a bar and a grill. It has two city limit signs and a marker that reads, quote, Gads Hill train robbery. Jesse James and four members of his band carried out the first Missouri train robbery here, January 31st of 1874, end quote. That's kind of cool. Right? So that was the story of Missouri's first ever train robbery. Not the last. I didn't look up how many, but I did look up that there's more. And it seemed like some of them were not so nice. Uh, so, I, and I'm pretty sure that most of the people listening have heard of Jesse James. And I do know that there's a lot more that goes into his story and he is not the nicest, best person in the whole world and in no means do we think he's a stand-up citizen, but no. I felt that this particular robbery was about as lighthearted as misery can get because nobody was physically harmed. Yeah. Um, And I know I just wanted to do something more like fun, lighthearted kind, even though it's not lighthearted because it's still crime. Mm-hmm. Um. I feel like this is one that's kind of like, okay, like, y'all lost somebody, that sucks, um, but everybody made out okay. I thought that story was fun. I had no idea that Jesse James had a gang. I just thought Jesse James was, like, him and his... Brother. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think that they did everything, like, together, but I knew that they were, like, a whole gang thing for, like, at least a couple years. I mean, I've been to the jesse james house obviously everybody in missouri (laughs) like i know that my family is like oh like just we're distantly related to jesse james but i literally feel like every single person in missouri i've actually my family has never said that oh my like famous person that i'm related to i don't know his name but he was like the first cowboy on tv that's cool yeah and less scary. Mine's not wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> not scary. He was like an actor and he like had his big break and he was one of the first cowboys on TV. Like so on Western. Was that passed down or did you do that through like Geomatch or something? Passed down. Mm. Which like, again, who knows how accurate, but I've, that's something that I've heard my entire life. I really enjoyed the change of pace. And if you want to continue finding our episodes you can find them on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and stitcher and if you haven't already please follow our tiktok and our instagram and facebook pages we have a group and a page on there and we will be back together next week with another episode all right bye bye, bye.